Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. Welcome to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and thank you so much for joining me. This evening, we are going to be talking about Fuchs dystrophy. Now, you have to be careful how you spell that and pronounce it. It's spelled F-U-C-H-S, Fuchs dystrophy. And I'm going to be talking about uh, corneal problems in general, uh, dystrophies, and more specific Fuchs dystrophy. Uh, And the reason why I am talking about Fuchs dystrophy is I've been getting quite a few questions and emails from from those of you out there who want to know if there's any alternative treatments for this condition. So I'll be talking about Fuchs dystrophy, but this pertains to many other corneal dystrophies and corneal problems that, that uh, you may have. Now, I think you have to be aware of this condition because it is uh, fairly common. Uh, it is one of the most common corneal dystrophies that uh, an ophthalmologist will find on examination. Uh, We're going to be talking about symptoms of the Fuchs dystrophy. We'll also be talking about prevention, and we'll be talking about treatment, both traditional and alternative. First, what are dystrophies? Well, dystrophies uh, are a classification of hereditary or genetic problems, and when you refer to eye dystrophies, they usually occur bilaterally meaning the condition is in both eyes. It's unusual for a dystrophy to occur in one eye. In terms of corneal dystrophies, there are uh, several classifications of corneal dystrophies. One is the anterior or superficial corneal dystrophy, and this is a condition that occurs on the anterior surface or the epithelial or Bowman's membrane surface of the cornea. And uh, probably before I talk about these dystrophies, we need to actually look at the cornea. Some of you may be wondering, uh, hey, wait wait a minute, Dr. Kondrat, Uh, what is the cornea? Well, the cornea is the front part of the eye. It's the window of the eye. So when you look at someone's eye, you're seeing uh, the iris or the colored part. Cornea is transparent, and it enables light to penetrate into the eye through the lens and to the retina, so we have good sharp vision. The cornea is composed of five um, layers. Uh, The first layer is the corneal epithelium, which is like the skin of the cornea. Next is a very tough layer called a Bowman's layer, and uh, this is the layer that the corneal epithelium is adherent to, uh, many of you maybe have scratched your eye and have developed severe pain. This is when the superficial corneal epithelium falls off of the Bowman's membrane. And this can occur with a scratch over a, a using contact lenses and sometimes um, uh, uh, with uh, severe uh, dry eyes. The bulk of the cornea is the corneal uh, stroma. This is the thick part and probably three-quarters of the cornea is the stroma. This is a tough collagen layer that kind of protects the eye. Then we have two layers inside, decimase and the corneal endothelium. 
Uh, the corneal endothelium is the innermost layer, and this is a very important cell layer. It is kind of like um, a, a water pump. It pumps um, water out of the cornea to keep the cornea nice and clear. If that corneal endothelium is not functioning, then you begin to get corneal swelling, uh, which is called edema. You get haziness and loss of clarity. So instead of the cornea being nice and clear like a window, it becomes foggy like frosted glass. The cornea is an amazing structure, and it is, believe it or not, responsible for the majority of our refractive power of the eye. So, you know, those of you that maybe wear thick glasses, and uh, you need the thick glasses to see properly, if you would get a contact lens, the contact lens is rather thin, and it sits on the surface of the cornea. And just by altering the surface of the cornea slightly, you can cause a dramatic change in your vision. And of course, that's one of the reasons why refractive surgery, LASIK and laser procedures, altering the surface of the cornea are so successful. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is if you have abnormalities of the cornea, that can greatly affect your vision. So if you have dry eyes with dry spots, and if you have these corneal dystrophies, they can cause uh, a lot of problems in terms of the function and vision of your eye. So let's get back to the corneal dystrophies. Um, the first group of dystrophies is the anterior surface dystrophies. These are dystrophies that involve the corneal epithelium and Bowman's membrane. And one of these conditions is called a recurrent corneal erosion. This is where you have problems with the Bowman's membrane, or that's the layer that the cells stick to. And this can be a really a problematic and debilitating condition where you develop severe eye pain, watering, and it occurs unexpectedly. The second area of dystrophies is the inner part of the cornea, or the stromal. And these are less common and they can involve uh, scarring and haziness, which can pro progress to uh, uh, loss of vision. Posterior corneal dystrophies involve the innermost layer, and this is what we're going to be focusing on. Uh, this is the whole group of uh, problems called um, uh, Fuchs dystrophy. Now, so, and before I go into Fuchs dystrophy, I want to talk a little bit about some misconceptions about dystrophies and genetic problems. It used to be that people felt that there was nothing that could be done. If you have an inherited problem, you just have to deal with it. But more and more uh, researchers are finding out that you can influence genetic expression. By that I mean just because you have the genes for a particular problem, it you 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 have you can have control over how these genes are expressed and there's a whole new science called nutrigenomics i know that may be a mouthful nutrigenomics and this deals with the scientific study of the interaction of nutrition um, vitamins uh, diet on the expression of genes so in other words, there are things that can be done to turn off those bad genes and turn on the good genes. 
So Fuchs dystrophy uh, is a genetic disease, uh, but it can occur without a previous family history of disease, and the cause is unknown. Um, and typically, symptoms include glare and sensitivity to light, eye pain, foggy vision, seeing colored halos around lights, difficulty seeing at night, poor vision upon awakening that may improve later in the day. And this is a very, very common symptom. And the reason why this happens is as you sleep at night, uh, fluid and edema tend to occur in the eye. So when you first get up in the morning, your cornea may be rather edematous and hazy and thick, and uh, your vision is uh, at the poorest level. But as the day goes on, by blinking, your eye becomes uh, dehydrated and the vision improves. Um, and also another symptom is um, the feeling that something is in your eye because you, as you get the uh, swelling of the, of the cornea and uh, edema, it feels a little irregular like something is in your eye. Now, the vision problems from Fuchs corneal dystrophy usually affect people after the age of 50, although doctors have discovered that uh, the disease is more common in uh, younger people, too. Uh, the way that Fuchs dystrophy is uh, detected is by a careful eye examination. And, you know, I... There are many times when I, ha I haven't looked very carefully and I miss the diagnosis of Fuchs disease. So it is uh, probably an underdiagnosed uh, condition. And, uh, well, we're coming up to a break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk more about different methods for diagnosing Fuchs dystrophy. And also I want to talk about uh, if you do have Fuchs dystrophy, how you have to be very careful in terms of undergoing different uh, surgical operations because cataract surgery, LASIK, and other eye operations can definitely aggravate the Fuchs dystrophy and to, to make it worse and to really exacerbate the symptoms. So we'll be right back after this break. Uh, welcome back. And uh, we're talking about Fuchs dystrophy, which is a corneal problem that is fairly common and it is something that all of you should be aware of, especially if you're considering uh, eye surgery, if you're having symptoms like we already discussed. And just to note, those of you that are listening, if you would like me to address a particular problem on this radio show, uh, just email the office at info at healingtheeye.com, and that's all one word, healingtheeye.com, and tell me the topic that you would like to address on the radio show, and I'd be happy to put a presentation together. So let's continue with the uh, diagnosis, and we're going to talk about the treatment, and we're going to start by talking about the conventional treatment uh, the, the traditional ophthalmologist uh, 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 does for this condition. Uh, later on in the show, we'll talk about alternative treatment, and we're also going to be talking about precautions that you need to take. So during a, a routine eye exam, an eye doctor will examine the eye with an instrument called a slit lamp. 
And this is kind of like a microscope that is on its side, and he uses a high magnification, and he can actually examine the different layers of the cornea. He can look at the epithelium, or the outer layer of the cornea, and then he moves inward through the stroma, and finally he looks at the innermost layer, which is the corneal endothelium. Uh, and sometimes during the examination, you'll see some little warts or swelling on the endothelium, and this is the earliest sign of Fuchs dystrophy. You get these swellings, and they're called guttata, uh, which looks like a little wart on the back of the eye. And this is the earliest sign of Fuchs dystrophy. In addition, the doctor may notice uh, an increase in thickness of the cornea, or he may even note some fluid or changes on the surface of the cornea called bullae, which is kind of like a little blister on the cornea. And he may also notice areas of loss of cell called an erosion. And once the swelling begins to affect the superficial layers of the cornea, this is when you really have uh, symptoms such as burning, uh, pain, uh, like something's in the eye. And also at this time, you begin to notice a, a marked decrease in vision. A glare, haziness, and distortion of your vision. In addition, uh, the eye doctor may do something called pachymetry. Uh, this is where uh, the doctor measures the actual corneal thickness of the eye. And by measuring the corneal thickness, he can de determine the severity of the Fuchs dystrophy. So typically, the cornea is about 500 microns thick. And uh, to give you some type of reference point, a typical piece of paper is about 30 microns. So you're looking at maybe 20 sheets of paper. That's the thickness of the cornea. So when you develop Fuchs dystrophy, the corneal thickness mm -hmm. may increase dramatically to 1,000 microns or double the thickness. This is when uh, usually the patient needs to have some type of intervention. And uh, the most common treatment, and I'll go into you know, the treatments for this, is first to begin uh, using uh, eye drops to try to reduce the swelling. There's another test that the doctor can do, and this is actually measuring the endothelial cell count. Uh, there's a machine that can actually take a picture of the endothelial cells, and the doctor can then evaluate the health of the endothelium. If it has a healthy cell number, then there's no problem. But if there's a loss of cells or damage to cells, this can be detected uh, by this method. So once the diagnosis is made, typically the initial treatment with dystrophy is to use saline eye drops. Uh, the saline eye drops uh, draw out the fluid in the cornea. They are hyperosmotic. And by hyperosmotic, the salt in the saline eye drops kind of draws out the fluid that reduces the thickness of the cornea and can improve the clarity. Also, there is a sodium chloride ointment to use at night. Both, both of these treatments can be very effective and useful for early uh, symptoms related to Fuchs dystrophy. Also, uh, it is important to treat any underlying problems 
that the patient may have, such as inflammation of the eyelashes. This is called blepharitis. So sometimes the doctor will recommend an antibiotic or steroid eye drop. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking about alternative treatments, uh, nutrition and diet, and also uh, the use of ozonated saline, which I think can have a very powerful effect and be very helpful for treating Fuchs dystrophy. Uh, in advanced cases where the saline eye drops uh, are not effective and other conservative measures are taking, uh, uh, a surgical intervention must be considered, especially if the patient is disabled in terms of vision and pain. In the past, a corneal transplant was the only option. And a corneal transplant is where the entire cornea is removed and placed with a donor cornea. And this is a major uh, procedure uh, which uh, has uh, uh, serious uh, complications and side effects. But then again, if the Fuchs dystrophy is advanced, this may be the only alternative. Uh, uh, recently now, there's been a couple of newer procedures which have been very promising and very effective for treating Fuchs dystrophy. Uh, the first one is called uh, DSEC, D-S-E-K. This is called decime-stripping endothelial keratoplasty. This is where uh, the donor endothelium, uh, the decime and donor endothelium, is transplanted in the inner part of the eye. And this is a, a rather remarkable procedure because it's not necessary to remove the total cornea. All that is removed and transplanted is the inner layer. So this can reduce the serious complications related to the corneal transplant. So another variation of this procedure is called DMEK. D-M-E-K. Uh, this is where just the decimase membrane is transplanted and not the stroma or the inner part of the cornea. So DMEC and DSEC are newer procedures to help treat uh, the advanced stages of Fuchs dystrophy. But I'm hoping that those of you that are listening who may have been diagnosed with Fuchs dystrophy, I can help you in some way to prevent the need for this surgical procedure. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about precautions that you need to take if you have fuchs dystrophy. One, if you're considering LASIK or any type of refractive surgery, I would advise you against having this procedure because this could traumatize the eye and cause a advancement of the fuchs dystrophy. In addition, you have to be very careful with cataract surgery. Cataract surgery causes inflammation and trauma to the cornea, especially if you're going to have an intraocular lens. Sometimes this could damage the endothelial cells and greatly worsen the corneal dystrophy. In fact, in some cases, a doctor will talk to the patient about having a combined procedure where the cataract will be removed, and the cornea will be replaced at the same time. This is usually in advanced cases of Fuchs dystrophy. I also have to mention that 
there is an increased incidence of glaucoma with fuchs dystrophy. So if you do have fuchs dystrophy, you need to have periodic eye exams to have your eye pressure checked. And you have to be careful because if you do need glaucoma surgery, that could cause an advance of the fuchs dystrophy. So you can see that you need to really take care of your eye if you have fuchs dystrophy. These delicate endothelial cells need to be protected at all costs. So we're coming up to another break, and when we come back, I'm going to be talking about some alternative treatments that I think are can be very, very helpful and instrumental in helping you not only prevent the progression of fuchs dystrophy, but in many cases, improve your vision and reverse the problems with fuchs dystrophy. Uh, so when we come back, we'll be talking about alternative treatments for fuchs dystrophy. We'll be right back after this break. Uh, welcome back. And now we're going to focus on alternative treatments for fuchs dystrophy. And I strongly believe that uh, prevention is probably the number one thing that everyone needs to address if you have fuchs dystrophy. And one of the main approaches to this is reducing eye strain and reducing stress. Uh, Dr. William Bates, who was a turn-of-the-century ophthalmologist, felt that all eye disease was caused by stress. And I do agree with him. Stress is a real killer. It is a real contributing factor to vision loss. So by reducing eye strain, uh, making sure that uh, you're getting plenty of rest, uh, blinking frequently. When you blink, you uh, cover the surface of your eye with uh, lubricating tears, which are essential for your eye health. Other ways of reducing stress are uh, meditation, uh, positive affirmations, prayer, uh, reducing stress. I talked earlier about this uh, new uh, approach to eye disease or disease in general called nutrigenomics. This is a study of nutrition, diet, reducing stress on how this can influence genetic expression. And I'm really a big advocate of nutrition. Those of you that have listened to previous radio shows and podcasts, I believe that food should be our best medicine. We are what we eat. Uh, Thomas Edison said that the doctor of the future would not prescribe any medication at all, but instead advise the patient on diet and nutrition in terms of prevention and treatment of disease. And I feel very strongly about this, shifting our diet more towards organic fruits and vegetables, avoiding genetically modified food, avoiding preservatives. Uh, I think that the one of the most important steps you can take is what I call my 70-30 rule, that 70% of the food that you consume should be organic, uh, raw uh, food, that uh, colorful food, colorful food will give you colorful vision. And those of you that would like more information on nutrition, you can download a copy of my best-selling book, The 10 Essentials to Save Your Sight. You can go to my website, healingtheeye.com. That's all one word, healingtheeye.com, and you'll see a little box. Just click that box, and you can download the ebook 
of the Ten Essentials, and at least 30% of the book deals with uh, diet and nutrition. So you really got to make those uh, changes. You got to shift uh, your 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 diet. You got to shift your diet more towards organic, raw living food. And why is this important? Well, unfortunately, uh, a large percentage of uh, the products that we eat in the United States are genetically modified. It's rather shocking. 90% of the corn that we consume is genetically modified. High percent of the soy products and uh, wheat now is becoming influenced by genetically modified material. So the genetically modified food does contain uh, certain toxins uh, that adversely can influence uh, the health of our body. I don't want to go into studies that have shown the detriment of genetically modified food. Uh, much of this is covered in my book. There's another great book called Seeds of Deception, uh, written by Jeffrey Smith, who shows the problems with consuming genetically modified food. It's rather interesting that in Mexico, they have banned genetically modified corn. Most of the European countries have banned genetically modified products. So it just really upsets me that for some reason here in the United States, we're uh, embracing genetically modified food when we should be avoiding it at all costs. So please avoid the genetically modified food, shift your diet more towards organic I was talking about corn. Another big issue is the high fructose corn syrup. The high fructose corn syrup is found just in about all of our, many of our products, uh, salad dressings, condiments, uh, sodas, uh, fruit drinks. And the major problem with high fructose corn syrup is that the, uh, fruct the, the, the corn fructose is not really a true sugar. It's not metabolized like normal sugar. Um, also, uh, there is high levels of toxic metals in the high fructose corn syrup. And also, uh, the, you know, the, the high fructose corn syrup is made from genetically modified food. For those three reasons, you have to really begin to read labels. Toxins in your body are going to adversely affect the health of your eye. And I'm also a big advocate of everyone should be tested for heavy metals. There's a something called a six-hour urine test. You should be tested for heavy metals because if you do have elevated lead, mercury, and cadmium in your body, that is going to adversely affect cell metabolism. And if the cell metabolism is adversely affected, the cells are going to become sick. And if you have fuchs dystrophy, when the cells become sick, they're going to have dysfunction. They're going to swell, uh, not work effectively. They're not going to be effective in pumping the cornea. The cornea is going to become more cloudy, and you're going to have uh, more symptoms related to the Fuchs dystrophy. So the most important thing that you can do is to really look at an organic uh, vegetarian diet and detoxify your body. Uh, the next 
effective treatment that I find for fuchs dystrophy is ozonated saline. I mentioned earlier that the traditional treatment for fuchs dystrophy is to use saline eye drops. Well, you can modify these saline eye drops by ozonating them. Ozone is a highly reactive form of oxygen. It's O3. And ozone increases the oxygen concentration in the body. It also has a regenerative effect. It also improves the hormonal functions and cellular activity. So all these things can be extremely effective if you have fuchs dystrophy. Uh, if you're interested in making your own ozone uh, ozonated saline, and unfortunately you have to make your own. You can't purchase ozonated saline because ozone is highly reactive and it doesn't stay in saline very long. So you have to make the ozonated saline uh, fresh and you have to use it almost immediately before it loses its concentration. So you can go to YouTube and if you search my last name, Kondrat, and ozone, you'll come up with a couple of YouTube videos. And one, I go into detail on how to make your own ozonated saline drops. And you need to invest in an inexpensive ozone generator. And typically, you can buy one for $100 or so. And you need to have a glass container. The ozone generator is kind of like an aquarium bubbler. You bubble ozone into saline, and it has to be in a glass container. Do not use a plastic container because ozone interacts with plastic and forms harmful plastic derivatives, the phthalates, the benzene products. So it needs to be a glass container. And simply run the ozone into the saline in the glass container uh, for about 10 to 15 minutes, and you're done. You have the ozonated saline that can be applied to your eye. Also, it is very important that you use preservative-free ozone. Uh, it's necessary to use preservative-free ozone because a lot of the preservatives will interact with the ozone and form harmful products. Then it's necessary that you put these ozone saline into a glass container with a dropper and then use this to apply very frequently to the eye. Typically, I recommend that after you ozonate the saline and put it in a glass container that you use the drops uh, five or six times just put a lot into the eye overload the eye with the ozonated saline and then after that use the ozonated saline um, um, maybe uh, uh, every two hours or so while you have symptoms so typically when you have fuchs dystrophy the eye problem is going to be worse in the morning that's when when you want to bubble the ozonated saline fresh and put them in your eye. And you'll find that this ozonated saline will not only reduce the swelling of the cornea, but it also the ozone acts as it has regenerative properties that will help heal the eye and to help uh, reduce the side effects from the Fuchs corneal dystrophy. So we're coming up to another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another remarkable treatment, uh, microcurrent stimulation to help with problems with ozone. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. And we're talking about Fuchs dystrophy, alternative treatments for Fuchs. We covered ozonated saline drops, which I think are wonderful. And uh, if you want more information on making your own, uh, go to YouTube and just type in my last name, Kondrat, K-O-N-D-R-O-T, and ozone. 
and you should come up with that YouTube video. You can always give the office a call at 800-430-9328 for more information or email the office at info at healingtheeye.com. We do sell an inexpensive ozone generator, the saline, and the glass bottle. So we'll make it easy for you. Uh, You can buy the ozonated uh, saline kit, and you'll be all set to make your own ozone drops. Just remember that it is important that you re-ozonate the saline water. So I would recommend that you ozonate the saline in the morning, put it in the glass bottle and use it in the morning, and then you can re-ozonate it in the afternoon or the evening. But probably the most important time to use the ozonated saline would be in the morning. This is when you tend to have a little bit more swelling of the cornea. And then use the ozonated saline throughout the day to help maintain the stability of the eye. There's another treatment before I talk about microcurrent, and that is using a hairdryer. And you may be shocked. My God, what are you talking about using a hairdryer? Well, one way to improve the clarity of the cornea is to dehydrate the cornea. And if you will put the hairdryer on a very low setting and gently blow the warm air towards your eye, sometimes that can dramatically reduce the swelling of the cornea. So I don't recommend that you do this every day. This is just when you have a severe aggravation of the Fuchs dystrophy. I would recommend using uh, the hairdryer technique. This has been effective for many of my patients, and in some cases it has helped eliminate uh, the need uh, for surgery. But I do think uh, what I talked about initially that making those dietary changes, uh, reducing stress, and uh, faithfully using the ozonated saline uh, are really the keys to help uh, reduce the symptoms of Fuchs dystrophy. Microcurrent stimulation. I'm a big advocate of microcurrent. I've been using it for over 15 years in my practice. Microcurrent delivers a very, very low electrical current That has been found to reduce inflammation and stimulate cellular activity. Over the years, we have identified certain frequencies that resonate in harmony with different parts of the eye. Every tissue in the body has a unique frequency or vibration, and this has to do with the tissue density, the carbon-oxygen-nitrogen bonding, and the hydration much like a tuning fork. If you have a C-sharp tuning fork, it produces a certain frequency or vibration. If you get two C-sharp tuning forks and vibrate, they'll vibrate in harmony. So one of the goals in microcurrent is to identify the frequency of the cornea, identify the frequency of the corneal endothelium, and send in a very low current which will vibrate in harmony to support that tissue and to help improve the function. There have been numerous studies related to this in microcurrent. In fact, one study was published in the Journal of Orthopedic and Related Research, which showed that certain levels of microcurrent 
can improve cellular activity by up to 500%. 500%. I'm not talking about 10, 20%, 500%. So it dramatically improves cellular activity. And what this will mean is that if we can improve cellular activity, we're going to improve function. And by improving function, we can reduce the side effects of the dysfunctional corneal endothelium and reduce the swelling of the eye. Microcurrent has also been shown to reduce inflammation. So one of the problems with Fuchs dystrophy is inflammation. If we can reduce the inflammation, this can improve the symptoms. Uh, Microcurrent also is effective in detoxifying the eye by removing toxins that may adversely influence the function of the corneal endothelium. So microcurrent has been uh, a very valuable modality, and, and those of you that are listening, I would first try the ozonated saline drops, and if you are interested in then adding the microcurrent therapy, uh, we would be very happy to help guide you in that way, you can give the office a call at uh, 800-430-9328 to get more information on uh, the microcurrent or go to my website, healingtheeye.com. Microcurrent is used in my practice for not only treating Fuchs dystrophy and corneal problems, but it's been very, very effective in helping folks with macular degeneration, glaucoma, and other ocular disorders. So Fuchs dystrophy can lead to a serious uh, eye problem if untreated. If you are diagnosed with Fuchs dystrophy, I would begin to look at all of these uh, 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 treatments that we have discussed. Number one, I think probably the most important thing that you need to do is to evaluate your overall nutritional state. Make sure you're shifting your diet more towards uh, a vegetarian diet with organic fruits and vegetables. You want to certainly eliminate um, uh, genetically modified food. You want to also be tested for heavy metals. If you do have elevated lead and mercury, you need to get rid of them. And uh, I really didn't talk about methods to eliminate them, but one of the most effective methods is chelation therapy. And uh, for more information on chelation, you can go to my website. Chelation uh, is uh, uh, a method where you take a chelating agent, typically it's EDTA, and you either take it intravenously, oral, or rectally, and it eliminates those, those heavy metals. The second line of treatment after uh, looking at uh, your nutritional state and eliminating heavy metals is the ozonated saline drops. They can be extremely effective in reducing inflammation. And interestingly, this is just a modification of the traditional medical approach. Uh, Typically, uh, traditional medical ophthalmologists will begin uh, a patient with fuchs dystrophy on saline drops and then maybe saline ointment at night. Uh, If you are using saline drops, then I would definitely invest in the ozone generator to begin ozonating the saline 
and I think you'll have an added uh, benefit using these ozonated saline drops. And last is the microcurrent stimulation. The microcurrent stimulation is a very, very effective way of improving cellular activity and reducing um, uh, the side effects of the fuchs dystrophy, reducing the inflammation, helping detoxify the eye, and improving clarity. So fuchs dystrophy can be successfully treated. Remember uh, the, the science of nutrigenomics. We can influence our genetic expression by diet and nutrition and uh, nutritional supplements. So those of you that have fuchs dystrophy, I am very optimistic that these treatments can help you, and I would be more than happy to have a consultation with you if you wanted to uh, talk to me personally. One of the, f- the first step to do is to go to freeconsult.us. That's all one word, freeconsult.us. And you can send your medical records to the office, and we can set up a time. Somebody from the office staff will go over your records, consult with me, and we can give you some medical advice. Lastly, and I should have talked about this early, is the homeopathic approach. I'm a big advocate of homeopathy. Homeopathy treats the person, not the disease. And homeopathy can be an additional treatment that can help you stabilize your fuchs dystrophy, in many cases uh, reverse the problem. So I want to thank you for joining me on this program on Fuchs Dystrophy. If you do have any questions, please give the office a call at 800-430-9328 or email us at info at healingtheeye.com. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, wishing all of you good health and clear vision. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at HealingTheEye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision. 